All right, this is Peter Harris and John Bradshaw. Peter's with the University Growth Fund. I'm a founder on this on this podcast. We just talk about common VC things from a VC perspective or a founder perspective. And so we like to debate and we want to have honest, I think we want to be known for one thing. It is just as being as transparent as we can while avoiding the NDAs that you and I might have. Yep. Fair? Raw. We like to be raw. How many NDAs have you signed in your life? Too many. Too many? Too many. I thought VCs don't sign NDAs. Yeah, well. War stories. All right. So this week, this episode, it is now March 23rd. This episode is probably going to come out in two weeks. But earlier in March of 2023 of this year, it came out that Tiger Global's investment portfolio was down 33%. Even before Tiger Global kind of became like the laughingstock of the poster child of venture excess, it's just it's just continuing to crash. And I'm curious, like, what does this mean for you, Peter? And also, as we compare to other recent deals, like Stripe just raised $6.5 billion. But my understanding is that their investment, that their valuation was marked down by 50%. So what does it what does this mean for the industry? Does this mean that most of the the deals we've seen in the past, like if you raised a ten million dollar valuation last time, no matter your success and growth, because I think Stripe had growth and success, you have to do a thirty three to fifty percent markdown, or what? Yeah, well, I mean, I think a lot of companies, especially if you have to raise right now, are taking like big beatings on valuation. What is the big beating? Thirty percent. 10%, 20%, 30%, 50%. I mean, there's some publicly traded companies that are down over 90%. I don't think you're seeing much of that happen in the startup world because if you write down valuations by 90%, people just quit, right? Okay. So, um, yeah, but look, I mean, there is a trailing effect. Uh, stock market's down a lot. It takes time for that to flow through to the venture space because most venture funds do not adjust valuations on a daily. Nobody does it on a daily basis. Quarterly? If you do it on a quarterly basis, you really most do it whenever there's a new event. So the company raises more money. And so the reality is, is that right now, uh, most venture holdings uh, are probably being held above what the companies are actually worth right? Because they just, those companies haven't raised more money. And then on top of that, which further compounds it is that venture capitalists will invest at the same valuation, but then they'll dump a ton of terms into the, into the round that effectively reduce the valuation. So one trick to do that is like, Hey, we're going to give you a ton of warrant coverage, like penny warrants that allow you to buy more stock in the future for a penny a piece. And, and so yeah, the valuation looks flat to everybody else, but in reality, they also got 100% warrant coverage, which means that the valuation is effectively a half uh, of what's being reported, right? So there are a bunch of games that get played there too uh, that artificially prop up valuations. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, there's... But over time, ultimately, like private market valuations tend to... Um, kind of come back into parallel alongside public. Uh, you don't really want them to get too out of whack. When you do, that's what happens, what's happening now with companies that are down like 90%, right? High flyers in the private space, obviously massively overvalued. They go public, but the public markets just absolutely trash them. Um, and then if you're an investor, like you kind of lose no matter what. Um, I think it's interesting that you bring up Tiger Global and... Um, yeah, I thought I thought this was interesting where, you know, they're down 33 percent. 
uh, on their current marks. Uh, last year, there was a lot of you know speculation about how how much their portfolio is hurting, and you know what I think is interesting about Tiger Global is that they, in a lot of ways, uh, ca- you know could be considered like the cause or major contributor of the the run up of 2021. And the reason for that is because they had this really interesting business model where they were basically flipping venture on its head. You know, traditionally venture is you meet with the founder, they go back and forth. If you still like it, you invest the you invite the founders in, they pitch to your partnership, and you kind of like take your time to make an investment decision, write a check, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, most founders plan on spending anywhere between like two and six months to raise a round, right? Like it's a kind of like long drawn out processes that in a lot of ways makes sense because you're kind of getting in bed to a long-term relationship with this venture investor slash, you know, or entrepreneur, depending on what side of the table you're sitting. And so you want to, you know, build these relationships over time. And what Tiger Global did is that they came in and they said, okay, what are the things that founders care about? They don't care about like being buddy, buddy with VCs. That's not what they care about. Uh, and they don't, they, well, they may appreciate guidance at the board level. I don't think, and I'd be curious what you think of this, but I don't think founders like really care about bringing on board members, right? Especially if you consider the fact that like a board member, like a board's primary job is to hire, fire a CEO. So like you want to bring on like more people that like could vote you out of your spot, right? Um so they're like, they don't really care about board seats. They don't really want to spend a ton of time doing this because it's a massive distraction from the other work they could be doing. Um, so what if, and then and then they all want high valuations, right? Of course. So what if we leverage Bain Capital or Bain Consulting, excuse me, Bain Consulting, we hire them, we pay them millions of dollars a year. I think they paid them like $100 million in 2021. Bain Consulting goes and they find all of the the best companies within an industry draft up a report, hand it over to Tiger. Tiger gets it. They do a call with the CEO. They issue them a, like they basically like just confirm a few data points with them. And then they issue them a term sheet and then they fund it like a week later and they don't take a board seat and they, they give them the valuation that the entrepreneur wants, right? Like this checks every box for the entrepreneur. And what that did was all of a sudden, all these other VCs that were like used to this, like, hey, drawn out experience of, you know, making investments over the course of several months, they had to move super fast because you didn't want to miss out on the one deal that mattered that year because you couldn't move fast enough, right? If you missed it because like you didn't believe the vision or whatever, like that's fine. Um, you know, that still might be process related, but you don't want to miss out on it because you have poor processes, right? Uh, Cause that's a fixable, solvable like solution. So you got all these VCs that were like terrified moving super fast. Like I had one portfolio company and you know, they were like, oh yeah, we like, we had a conversation with Tiger and this other VC was a larger, uh, also a large VC. They were like, wait, 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 don't take money from them. Like give us a shot. Right. And they moved heaven and earth to, to do that deal at the end of the day so that they didn't get boxed out by, by tiger. So tiger creates like this whole big thing, moving really fast, disrupting a ton of VCs, tons of VCs were like pissed about it. And they're all whining like, Hey, it's not fair that like, you know, tiger's doing this and just wait, just you wait, they're paying, they're overpaying on these deals and they will rue the day. Right. And so what's happening now, it's really interesting is all these VCs, of course, like 
and you know, whatever. They're like, yeah, I told you, I told you like tiger was going to be in real trouble. Right. And we're looking at this and they're down 30%. Of course they're down 30. They should be down 50% or whatever it might be. Right. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, the thing is, is that these, the, the tiger is like playing this totally different game that people don't like fully realize or recognize. And, and what's also interesting is that uh, there's been chatter that tiger is like kind of quietly selling off some positions in these companies and people are like, Oh, that's because they need liquidity. And that, that may be the case. I actually don't have any insight there. Um, but from my perspective, if you look at the way that tiger global was playing the game, they essentially were like, we're not super sensitive to valuation. Like we are to an extent, like it has to be in within range, but like, we're not super sensitive to it. We move fast. We don't do a ton of diligence. We don't take board seats. And if you think about that, what other investor on the, on the, the venture stack fits that bill? It's seed stage investors, Mm -hmm. right? They tend not to be, I mean, if you think about like, like, how do you value like, you know, two women in a garage working on something, right? Like, is that really worth like 5 million bucks or 7 million or whatever, you know, valuation? No, it's not, no, it's not worth anything. Right. So seed investors, not super valuation sensitive, right? It's got to be in within range. Right. But like, as long as it's like sub 10 million for the most part, they don't care. Um, so not valuation sensitive, typically don't take board seats, move relatively fast. Don't do a ton of diligence. Right. Um, and so what I think is actually what Tiger Global is doing is they're saying, you know what, we're going to play the growth equity game. And to a certain extent, the venture game, like a seed fund. And the difference is, is that we're not, we're not like swinging the bat for like a billion dollar outcome on these investments. We're swinging the bat for the 10, the 50 and the hundred billion dollar outcomes. Because if we invest at a billion dollars in this company, and we really believe that like one out of every 50 that we invest in has a chance of going from a billion to being worth a hundred billion, then boom, we just returned our fund and maybe then some on that one deal. And that is what venture is all about, right? Um, And so as you think about their strategy, like if I'm them and maybe they're doing this, I don't know, I don't have any like insider baseball there. Uh, If you do tell, you know, comment, let us know what you you think of this. Come on the show. But if I'm them, the advantage that I have that seed funds don't have is that my investments, a, a much, much smaller number of my investments will go to zero, right? If you're a seed fund, you make 50 investments, 49 of them go to zero and one like carries the day. It's Google, right? If you're on Conway, um, if you're tiger, you're like, Hey, look, I invest in companies that are generating real revenue. These things are worth something. So what I can do is I'm taking the same risk. I've, I've pushed out the yield curve because I, I paid a higher valuation on these companies, which means I need a much higher outcome. But as long as I'm doing a ton of deals, Hopefully one of those or two of those or three of those will end up being worth 50, 75, hundred billion dollars. And all of these other ones that are smaller that I look at, you know, I've got now a year, year and a half, two years of data. I can look at those and say, you know what? I don't think these hand, these are good hand. Th- th- this handful is like a good group of companies. They're never going to be worth 50 or hundred billion. Right? So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to start liquidating them. I'm going to start selling. I'm going to keep my winners mm-hmm. that I think could long-term get that big. I'm going to liquidate everything else. So as an outsider, do you think Tiger Global is winning or struggling? Um, you know, it's a good question. I think I think to a certain extent, uh, 
they are struggling, but I don't know that I would say like they are definitely out. I think that there is a reasonable case to be made that like they are playing the game that they always set out to play. Um, I think it's just painful right now because it would be nice to be able to sell uh, these companies that are obviously not the winners uh, in a better market, right? Where you could get your money back or get more of your money back. And now they have to sell them at huge discounts. And I think that's painful. But if you compare them to a normal seed fund, they the alternative is it would have been a write-off. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's painful and there's some struggle there, but I don't, I don't think it's as bad as everybody thinks it is. So you're curious about their model, but you... I mean, it's kind of, what was it? I forget there was another example. It's like whenever you lose a large sum of money, no matter what it is. Oh, Bill Ackman. I was listening yeah. to his podcast. Yeah. No, he was on the 20 Minute VC Yeah, uh, with Peter, what is his name? Not Peter, Sam Harris. No, no, whatever. Peter Stebbins. Harry Stebbins. Harry Stebbins. He's on with Harry Stebbins. And um, he was talking about their $400 million loss in Netflix. And it just got plastered all over the news. But if you look at the percentage of their fund, it's a small number. Yeah, yeah. So you think the the news is being unfair to them based on portfolio theory? Yeah, and their overall strategy, right? Like, let's say they're still holding onto that one company that's going to be worth a hundred billion, and they bought it at like two billion dollar valuation. And isn't, isn't they're going to make fifty x on that deal? Isn't there? Thing and is, it doesn't matter that they like took a fifty percent haircut on a you know fifty million dollar investment they made because they're going to make like you know billions of dollars on this other one that ends up succeeding. Yeah, but aren't they trying to anoint monopolies? I mean, that's basically, they're basically saying, we think you can become a monopoly. We're going to give you so much cash, it's going to be hard to mess up and it's going to scare any other investor away. See, but that's the beauty is that it also reduces your downside risk from that perspective too. Right. Right? So it's like, hey, we're going to make like 50 bets just like a seed fund will, but we're going to give them all enough money that to like maximize the chance that they're worth something in the future. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully they're worth a lot, but at a minimum they're worth something that we can sell and at least get our money back. Okay. So anyways, I don't know. That's, that's kind of my perspective on a tiger global. I'd be curious if anything I said is, is accurate or not, but um, I just think it's funny how much people are kind of bashing on tiger, not realizing that, you know, maybe this was all kind of part of the plan to, to a certain extent. You're saying if someone came through and did it again, it's not necessarily a bad model. No, I think it's they just I think need, it's a really smart model. They just need in one a lot or of ways. two one or two wins and they're golden. Yeah. Well, I mean it's it's as good of a model at a minimum as like a seed a seed stage fund. Right. Okay. And look, there's a lot of seed stage funds that aren't gonna survive this current environment. And you know, TBD if if Tiger is going to either, right? It could be that they didn't find that one or two that ends up being worth a ton of money. You see it's more of they didn't find the one or two versus the whole valuation game. Because like 10 years ago with the Utah Angels, yeah. founders yeah. trying to raise at more than a million, two and a half million pre, pre or post money valuation was unheard of. Yeah. And now that number is five to 12.5 million. Yep. It's the same traction. Yep. And, and inflation has not matched that growth. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not inflation. Well, I mean, it is an indication of inflation. Oh, yeah, right? but it's not entirely. I feel like but it's not valuations have, got, have grown faster. At a than valuation rate. has, yeah. That's because access to capital in this market has grown faster than than inflation has, uh, broadly speaking. So, but if if, if you're saying Tiger Global's model is correct, they're yeah. going to keep playing the games they play. Yeah. When does it stop? Well, look, they're not playing the games right now. Not right now. Doesn't right mean right they now. won't again. That doesn't yeah, mean might. that, that doesn't yeah. mean that you can't you couldn't team up with, with Bill Ackman and say, Hey, we're gonna raise a 
fifty dollar fifty billion dollar fund and yeah. just go just go slugging. Yeah, you you totally could, right? Part of the issue though that you have is you got to be able to find you got to put that fifty billion to work in good companies that have the potential of becoming really big, right? It's like the other way to think about this is. Uh, you know, this VC said this years ago, we were, they were talking about unicorns and they were, you know, this was like 2018 or something, 2019, which it feels kind of like so long ago now, but they were like, are most individual unicorns overvalued? Yes. But is the aggregate value of all unicorns overvalued? Probably not. It's probably undervalued. Because you're going to have some of those unicorns that end up becoming worth $100 billion. And if the aggregate value of all the unicorns at the time was like $50 billion or something like that, right? Well, if a couple of them end up being worth $100 billion, which is totally you know reasonable and did indeed happen, then you would say like collectively... Uh, it's undervalued. And so, you know, that's part of the strategy to a certain extent that Tiger's doing is they're saying, we want to be in every single unicorn Mm -hmm. and we know we're going to overpay. It's going to feel like we're overpaying on every single one, but we know collectively that, uh, that collectively they're undervalued and that's what we're banking on. And you have to have a giant war chest to be able to do that. Right. You can't, because most growth equity funds, at least historically, were not big enough to play, where they had a piece of every single unicorn, mm-hmm. right? And they weren't set up in such a way that they could, right? And that's what was unique and really interesting about Tiger Global's model is like, we will be large enough from a balance sheet or you know however you want to put it, perspective, and we will give the terms they all want so that we can get into every single one of these unicorns. Anyways, okay. what do you think? Do you think my theory is wrong, crazy? I think we're going to see more Tiger Global. Yeah, potentially. I think it's just going to be a trend. Well, in order for us to see more Tiger Globals, uh, rates, interest rates will have to decline. Well, I so think what happens is raising be, more money becomes possible again. I think it's also relative, right? VC funds will probably just shrink. Yeah. But it's just they have to or be disappear. large. They have to be large relative to, I think valuations will come down, but they'll just be higher valuations. Here's a question. Do you funds. think valuations will come down permanently or temporarily? Permanent? Well, no, not permanently. I just, we have a cycle, right? There's always cycles, feasts and famines, and then people are just competing. And the, the the interesting thing though is that we still like even at the height of 2021, we didn't even touch the valuations of the of, dot coms. Of the dot coms. Okay. We didn't even come close. Anyways, thanks for indulging me. It's just something I've been thinking about a lot, a lot lately. Um, I don't know. If you're a listener, tell us what you think. Drop it in the comments. Comment below. Let us know. You can reach us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube comments. Just go to venturecapital.fm and you can see all the places where we post. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys.